Matthew 17. Uh, the, God the Father speaks this twice over God the Son, over Jesus. He, he does this in Matthew 3 at water baptism, and he does it again here at Matthew 17. And he says the same words both times. So uh, let me just give you this quick principle. Everyone say consistency. This is, one of the, this is one of the keys to parenting, that you're just consistent, that you, that you have more stamina than your kid. <laughs> so, so, isn't that funny? And so the father, what he says to Jesus at baptism, he says now again, um, and this is an important principle. Another principle is he says it publicly. Because your child not only needs to hear affirmation and love from you, but they, they even need public affirmation. They need, they need to know that you're not an embarrassment to them, but that you're valuable to them publicly. So this is what the father says over his son. This is my son, whom I love, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And if I could have a host help us get some people seated. But, but listen to this. This is my son. Everyone say that. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Okay, think about these amazing affirming words the father speaks over the son. I want to talk from this subject today, what every child needs. What every child needs. Now, if you're a parent, this is for you. If you're not a parent, this is for you. Because if you have influence over anyone you're a teacher, if you're an uncle, if you're an aunt, if you're, I'm, if you're a big brother, big sister, I'm telling you this will help you today because you can influence people for good and for God. Father, thank you for your word. I pray you speak to us now. In Jesus' name, give me a good amen. 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 Uh, the great uh, 20th century philosopher and 21st century philosopher, a brilliant man named Jerry Seinfeld said... Having a toddler is like having a blender on full blast and not having the top for it. <laughs> not all who wander are lost. Some are just moms in Target hiding from their children. Anybody just love a good Target? Just you and Jesus? Just praise God. Praise God. Uh, there was a, an article that came out by a, a real progressive magazine that talked about five reasons you should not have children. One was global warming. And I thought if they could just stop talking, they would stop releasing so much gas. Uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll eat more fast food. I am well acquainted with the Chick-fil-A menu now. I act like I need it. Any parents out there, you pull up to the drive-thru, you're like, yeah, so what is that? Can you, you don't need it. You already know. You'll have less time for yourself. Aw. You'll spend more money. And your friends won't understand you. We really are in a culture now that is not very child-friendly. But I want to tell you that God is a pro-family God. He's a, he's a multi-generational God. 
Can I get an amen right there? Jesus would say it like this to his disciples. Let the children come to me. Bible says he would embrace them and lay his hands on them and bless them. Um, What God does, he does in threes. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what God does in your life is not just for you. What God does in your life should not end with you. God's plan for your life is not just for you. Um, If you grew up in the era that I grew up in, we had these little tracks that we could give to a person who didn't know Jesus yet. It was called the four spiritual laws. And the first spiritual law is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That is true, but not complete. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life and who's coming after you because he's the God of generations. So whatever you're going through right now, please don't give up because there's a generation who needs you, needs your faith. Hebrews chapter 11, the, the greatest chapter on faith in scripture actually says that all of the Old Testament saints, their faith is completed in our faith. In other words, if if you don't walk in faith, what Moses did doesn't really matter. What Abraham does didn't really matter. What David did doesn't really matter. In other words, faith can never happen in one lifetime. It's a generational passing of the baton. Dr. Wendell Smith said that what God does in your life, he will never do in your lifetime. He will do it in your lifeline. So whether you're a parent or not, we are to give away our faith to the next generation. Okay. So what does every child need from us? The first is this. They need you to be the example. Be the example. Parents are shaping reality for their children. Your child's view of life, view of God, and view of themselves is directly informed by the mirror that they look into, and that mirror is you. Now, don't don't feel bad about that. Don't feel shame about that. But the reality is, I am shaping reality for my children. See, this is more than DNA. This is in the mind. Goldie has traits that are absolutely from the Chavis and Chambers line, no doubt. There's things she does that it, it makes me think of, of me, things, makes me think of my mama, makes me think of Shannon, makes me think of, of Shannon's mom. I mean, there's, there's definitely traits that have been passed down. But listen, in reality, she is way more a product of her environment than of her family tree. And so are you. So some of you go, well, yeah, I act this way because of my family tree. This, it's actually not the tree. It's actually what you saw. Yes. Yes. See, children are forming their opinions about and their emotions and their worldview and their view of God by what they see in their home. Yes. Kids don't just look like you. They act like you. <laughs> some of you are like, this is not good. I, I don't know why I came today. I don't know. Stick with me. It'll be encouraging. So I cannot just be committed to feeding or clothing Goldie. You can't just be committed to feeding and clothing your kid. You have to commit, and you can commit today, whether your child is six months old or 16 years old or 40 years old. You can commit right now to training them, teaching them, 
giving them values, principles, ideas, and concepts that will impact their future. Because even if you're telling yourself, well, my kids are already too old, they're not. Because even a 40-year-old wants affirmation from their parent. Even a 30-year-old wants affirmation from their parent. So values are so much more caught than taught. It's not about having all the right words. It's not about always having an epic little teaching for your kid. It's something they catch by the spirit that's in the home. More than it is by the words. It's, it's more about having dinner as a family than having the right words at the dinner table. It's more about hanging out than it is about always having the right conversation. It's, it's more about the family trip than it is having the perfect little thing to say every single time. So don't feel an unhealthy pressure. There's a lot of you right now, you're already doing that. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Oh my God. No. Here's, here's the weight. Love Jesus and love people. Hang out with people who love Jesus and love people. And your kids will eventually follow. Somebody say amen to this preacher. So I, I, I love Jesus and I love people and I hang out with people who love Jesus and I love and, and who love people. And eventually my kids are going to follow that example. Now, the greatest gift you can give your children, please listen, is healthy relationships. I'm talking about being an example. Your kids must see health. You go, well, I'm, I'm not married. I'm a, I'm a single mom or I'm a single dad. You can still set the example. Well, I, me and my husband right now aren't, aren't really talking and aren't really, okay, you can still set the example. They must see what health looks like. This is, the, number, this is the, the, the number one thing you can give to your child. There was a pastor friend of mine who was in youth ministry for over 20 years, was a youth pastor, and here's, here's what he said about when he saw great kids in his youth ministry. He noticed that their parents, um, they, they had rules, but they weren't extreme on rules. Like, they, they, you know, their kid wasn't being punished every week for something new. They had rules, but they weren't extreme. They weren't afraid of their children's rejection when they enforced the rules. So they weren't afraid of their, A lot of you are just afraid of your kids. Yeah? And some of your kids are 17, some of them are 30, some of them are three, and you're afraid. And, 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 you're, and the excuse is, well, I don't want to hurt them. No, it's actually you. You're, you're the one who's actually fragile. You're actually afraid of, of the rejection you're going to experience. You can't be afraid of rejection with your kids. You, you got you to give them the truth and... And then let them flip out and you just watch. You just watch them squirm on the floor. They celebrated their child's strengths. Uh, here's what this means. If, if, you're a, if you're a dad and you were a varsity football player and you, you would have went pro if it wasn't for the knee. Okay. Uh, don't put that on your son. Because he might be a musician. He might, be, he might want to be a dancer. He might want to be a swimmer. He might want to, he might, he might be into computers. He might, so don't celebrate their strengths. Don't put on them what you wish you would have done. Okay, so don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Um, and, then, and then lastly, what he noticed is that they had great marriages. So great kids were in homes with great marriages. And again, you, you might be going, well, I'm disqualified. I'm not married or, or I'm disqualified. Our marriage isn't good. I would just say this. 
show them what healthy relationships look like. When, when they see you, they should see honor. When they see you, they should see faithfulness. When they, when they see you, they should see loyalty. When they see you, they should see patience. When they see you, they, they should see, there should be a picture of health. Not perfect, but healthy. Not perfect, but progressing. Not perfect, but, but man, I see something in my parents that I want to replicate and I want to honor and I want to, man, I like that because your personal health, please listen to me, parents, your personal health, is creating in your child security, confidence, and peace. Your children don't know how to express it, but they can feel the fighting. They can feel the addiction. They can feel the anger. They can, they can feel the frustration. They, can, they, can, they, they don't know exactly what happens when dad drinks too much, but they know they don't like it. They don't know why... Mom and dad yell, and then one of them leaves, but they don't like it. And, and even at 15, they may not know how to express it. But if they can see health in you, it will create in them a confidence and a peace and a security. Children can detect atmospheres. They can feel things. They can just feel things. And so we are to set the... Example, again, I'm not saying don't beat yourself up now. But, but it's more than just paying the bills. It's showing them how to live. Okay. It's getting quiet. If you think this is quiet, come back tonight. Number two, you got to lead them spiritually. Lead them spiritually. Here's, here's my challenge to you. Parent your children before you befriend your children. What your kid needs from you is not a friend. They need a parent. Amen. They don't need a homie. They got homies. They need a parent. They, they don't need a girlfriend. They need a parent. They, don't, they, they need you. I'm not saying be mean to them. I'm not saying be strict to them. I'm not saying um, be cold and angry and... and, and I'm not saying that, but I am saying lead them. Your children want leadership. They, they want a parent. They, they want boundaries. They feel safer in boundaries. It's funny that even, even Goldie, my, my little five-year-old, likes to be in like smaller places. She like, likes to create little forts or roll, lay a blanket over something and go in or we, we've turned the downstairs closet um, under, the, under the staircase into like her, a little playroom for her. She likes going, she likes, there's something about the covering. I'm just saying your children want that. <laughs> we were going through TSA this week, we were traveling, and as we are going through TSA, the agent looked at her and said, how old are you? And Goldie went like this, she looked at me. You know, these TSA agents aren't always super friendly, right? I said, you tell her. Five. What's your name? (laughs) So I held her hand because they need that. Goldie. Who's that? (laughs) She looked back at me. Daddy. They let her through. And then I looked at the TSA agent. I said, you could have done that a lot better. I hope you have kids soon. Um, 
and then I walked through. Okay, uh, if, if you'll parent your kids when they're young, you get to be their friends when they're old. But if you befriend them when they're young, you'll usually miss both. Because most of what the befriending is when they're children is actually you trying to fill a gap for you. So go get some counseling and get some help and read some books. But your kid needs a parent. Lead them spiritually. There's a story in Mark chapter 5 of a man named Jairus. The Bible said that Jesus entered into a village. And as he enters the village, Jairus runs to him, falls at his feet, begins to pray and worship and says, Jesus, will you please come home with me? My daughter's sick. Here's the principle. He brought Jesus home with him. It wasn't just a Sunday thing. It wasn't just an hour on Sunday thing. It wasn't just the kids churching. There was a spiritual connection at home. Will you come home with us? And notice this. He led the moment. Can I, can I just say, he didn't send his wife. Well, you know, she's like the spiritual one. She prays and stuff. And... Sir, if your wife gives and you don't give, you got to get in line, bro. Well, she gives from her bank account, but I, I make a lot of money. I can't. You're, you're absolutely missing everything. If she's got to ask on Sunday, are we going to church? Your house is out of order. And if your children have to ask, are we going to church, you're backslidden. Children should never have to ask, are we going to church? I'm not trying to be mean. But like the world is crazy. I don't, like do you want me to just fondle you and just coddle you and just, oh baby, I'm so proud of you for being in church. Or can can we be adults right now? I'm telling you. Your kids need you, J. Iris, to wrap your arms around Jesus and say, you're coming home with us. He set the example. Listen to this. If a child gets born again, if a child gets born again, let's say a kid goes off to a youth group and gets saved or goes to a vacation Bible school in the summer, gets saved, goes to a camp, gets saved. If a child gets born again, they have a 3.5% chance of leading their family to the Lord. 3.5%. If a mom gets saved, she has a 17% chance of leading her family to the Lord. But if the father gets saved, he has a 93% chance of leading his people to the his family to the Lord. Clap your hands, everybody. Come on. You got to hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. There's something about when dad takes the lead. There's, some, there's something about the moment. There's something about... Taking the responsibility. The apostle Paul looks at a man who gets born again in Acts chapter 16. The man gets saved and Paul says this. Not only are you saved, your whole family is going to get saved. That's not just a spiritual promise. It's a principle. If the father leads, the family follows. If the mother leads, the family might follow. And if the child leads, the family probably will not follow. I love you that much that I just said all that with a pit in my stomach. 
because I want to help you. Because I care about you, but I also care about your kids. And I care about what's happening in our world. And we, and we need more than, than just cotton candy on Sundays. We got to hear. We got to make Jesus. We got to take this seriously. So let me, just, let me just give you some very simple things. Pray with your family. Pray over your kids at night. Pray over them. Now at three, it's really easy. At 13, it's a little more difficult. At 17, you might get assaulted. I don't know. <laughs> pray for your kids. Lay your hands on them before bed. I'm going to pray for you before we go to bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Praying for them. They're just manifesting. <laughs> Head starts spinning around, projectile vomit. Just, Lord, bless, bless Sally, Lord. She's beautiful. Just, <laughs> trying to bite you. Just pray. Play worship music in the home. Amen. Get a little worship music going in the house. Amen. Cooking dinner, got a little worship music going. Don't just have the TV blaring. Don't just, and I'm not saying you got to walk around praising with your eyes closed. You're going to cut your fingers off. I'm just saying have a little music going. Wake up in the morning, turn on some worship music. Get, the, get, get an atmosphere set. Bring your family to church. Make it, a, make it a priority. Share biblical truths when you can. When you can. I want to say something. I'm not, I'm not picking a fight. I'm not, being, I'm not being ugly, but this week in the car, out of nowhere, my five-year-old daughter goes, Dad, why are there just boys and girls? <laughs> well, let's turn up the radio, honey. <laughs> so I took the moment. I, didn't, I wasn't as, tense, as intense as I'm probably going to be right now, but I looked back at her and I said, honey, in the beginning, whoever knew that that little verse in Genesis 2 would get so attacked? Because see, it's not, it's not about attacking gender. It's about attacking the image of God. It's not just that we're rejecting gender in our nation. We've rejected God in our nation. Therefore, therefore we are destroying our own image. Because when you, when you erase the image of God from a culture, you erase your own image. So I, so I look at her through the mirror and I go, baby, in the beginning, God created them male and female. And now let me elaborate and nothing else. And God did it, not you. So you don't choose. God chose. And it's God's wonderful gift to you that you are born male or you are born female. It is God's gift to you. You are to steward that, but you don't get to change that. But I looked at her and I said, and you're so beautiful. You're a girl. And I looked back in the mirror and I went, I wanted a girl. I'm so glad you're, I love girls. They're so cute and feminine and beautiful. And oh, I just love that I, have, that I got to have a girl first. Oh, we just love that we... And you just take a moment to make a statement that should not be controversial, but is now controversial. And, and don't, don't scream at me and tell me to follow the science if we can't, if we can't, if we're rejecting gender. I'm not, you're like, oh, I knew I was a Republican. Don't go there with me. This isn't political. This is about the image of God on the inside of you. 
I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm telling you, and we are to celebrate your son's masculinity, and we are to celebrate our daughter's femininity. Doesn't mean that they might not be more into one thing than into another. That's not what we're saying. But we are not trying to erase the image of God. And I could keep going, but let me just, let me just say this. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, but those weren't their original names. They had Hebrew names, but culture will always rename you. And let me just say another thing about this historically. They would have all been, they would have all been made eunuchs. It's not found in Daniel, but it would have been found in, in history and in culture. Because when the devil attacks your child, he wants to erase their uniqueness. And their name yeah. and their gender. Wow. And let me go a little deeper now. So now the New Testament says in Christ there is no male or female. That's not saying we erase gender. It's saying there's, there's no longer men are more important than women. Yes. It, was a, it was an awful society back then where, where men were like gods and women were like animals. And now in Christ there is no male or female. In other words, we're both valuable, both gifted. Both beautiful, both can be used by God, both can preach the gospel, both can pray powerful prayers, both can change history. That's all that is. And some of you are mad at me because you, you're trying to put me in a, a political thing. And I'm telling you, scripturally. So when, when you have moments with your child, you affirm biblical realities. You don't fight, you don't have to fight them or argue, but, but you can show them clearly. This is, this, is a, this is a powerful gift because in that moment, I got to shape her. Okay. Number three, we have to learn to express love. Learn to express love. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. Now, what happened? Pharaoh was killing all of the boys two years of age and younger. But they hid him from Pharaoh so that he couldn't kill him. Here's why. Because. Now, watch this. By faith, because they saw he was no ordinary child. I don't think Moses was more special than all the other Hebrew boys. I don't. Because we're all made in the image of God. Yeah. I believe by faith, yes. Moses' parents saw in their son what other parents could not see. Yes. So when Pharaoh says, I'm going to kill every boy under two, every other parent went, here you go. We'll have another. But Moses' parents went, mm, he's special. I just want to submit Every child is special. Yes. It's that they had the faith to see yes. Yes. what other parents could not see. And a big part of expressing love to your child is having faith in God that lets you see your child in their uniqueness and in their, in their special nature and in who God created them. And yes, you may have wanted them to play football, but they want to play an instrument. Or yes, you may have wanted them to dance, but instead they want to do this. Or maybe you, want, maybe you didn't think they were going to be techie, but now they like to play video games. But you have to, you have to see the, 
what, what is called the Imago Dei, the image of God on the inside of them and celebrate that. And that is your faith. By faith, they saw it. By faith, they hid him. By faith, they nurtured him. By faith, see, by faith, I'm not going to let Goldie hang out with everybody. Because by faith, I'm going to hide her from certain atmospheres. I just, I'll be honest, we don't talk about the pandemic in our house around her. We just don't. We just don't, I don't go, I don't let that fear get on the inside of her. I don't let that, there's just things I'm shielding her from. Now, when she gets older, yes, we're going to have to have conversations, yes. I, I'm, I'm hoping by the time she's older, I can go, man, there was this crazy season when you were three to five. I'm so glad you forgot it, but it was wild. That's my hope. If that, if that doesn't happen, we're all going to be in heaven by that time. But you, you have to look at your kid and go, you're not ordinary. You're extraordinary. You're special. You're gifted. You're smart. You're handsome. You're beautiful. I'm proud of you. I love you. You got to learn how to, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't get that from my, from my parents, so that's really awkward. I know it's awkward, but your kid needs it. And they don't know it's awkward for you. Listen, you're uncomfortable, but they don't know it. They just feel special. Okay, Matthew 17. I took the long road to get there. I'm not lost. This is where we started. We took the scenic route, okay? We didn't go on the freeways. We took Route 66, okay? But here we are. Look what, look what the father says over his son. This is my son, whom I love, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Now check this out on the next slide. You belong. This is my son. You belong. Your kid has to feel this from you. You belong. Your niece or nephew has to feel this from you. You belong. That, that child that you have influence, you belong. This is my son. It's, it's mine. You, you belong. To, I'm so proud of you. I'm so, you belong. Whom I love, you're loved. I'm crazy about you. I, you're so, you're, you're so loved, but you're such a gift to us. Whom I'm well pleased. You're special. You're a, I couldn't do that when I was a kid. Wow, how'd you learn how to do that? How are you so smart? How do you know that? How do you? You are special. Find un, unique attributes in your child and speak to it. Wow, you're so friendly. Where'd you learn that? Wow. How'd you learn how to sing like that? I don't know. How'd, you, how'd you learn how to do that? How'd you? you have a voice. Learn to listen. When you can give your child a voice, give it to them because there are going to be other decisions where they're not going to have a voice. So when they can have a voice, give it to them because it, it places value on the inside of them. Last week, we went to downtown Summerlin. I want a California pizza kitchen. I mean, bad. <laughs> I want to eat better. I didn't want the pizza. I want the Chinese chopped chicken salad. Boy, it's good. But I got to sell it to the kiddo. So I go, babe, don't you want pizza? She looked right back at me like she was 30 years old. She went, I want Shake Shack. 
I went, no. We all, yeah, Shake Shack. Ah, pizza. Shake Shack. Pizza? Pizza? No, Shake Shack. So uh, we, we went to Shake Shack. <laughs> Why? Because there's going to be other things where I have to look at her and go, no. I'm, the, I'm dad. I got to make the decision. No. So where, where I can give her a voice, I give her a voice. So I went to Shake Shack and I got a double shake burger with bacon. And I said, Lord, you know I wanted a salad. So cut the calories in Jesus' mighty name. Let me, let me, get, let me get real practical really quick. Um, visual attention. Visual attention. What does love look like? Visual attention. It looks like right into their eyes. It, it, it looks like. Hey, Dad, what? It, it, it looks like, hey, Dad. Hey, hold on one second. What's up? Visual attention. Here's what, here's what the Father says about you. I know how many hairs are on your head. Matthew 30, Matthew 10, 30, excuse me. I know how many hairs are on your head. Are you not more valuable than flocks of sparrows? I... Visual attention. Give them eye contact. Number two, verbal appreciation. Verbal appreciation. Celebrate them verbally. Isaiah 43, 4. You are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Woo! Who doesn't want to hear that? How much more when you're eight? How much more when you're 10 and you just got home from school and somebody bullied you? How much more when you're 13 and you got an ugly DM from a friend who's making fun of you? How much more than a 16-year-old just got their heart broken and now mom and dad look at them and go, you are special. I, you are honored. I, I love you. How much more a 24-year-old that Got their college degree, still doesn't have a job, wondering why they just spent all that time and money and energy. How much more do they need their parents to go, you are special, I, you are honored, and I love you. Thirdly, physical affection. Healthy, non-sexual physical affection. Your child should know what healthy, non-sexual, physical attention feels like so when they get older, they know what unhealthy. You're holding me weird. I didn't give you access to these hips. I didn't. You don't get, no, uh uh-uh. I know what it feels like to be honored and valued and this ain't it. And watch, most children don't, they either don't get enough physical affection, healthy, or they get the wrong kind. Both lead to sexual issues when they're older. You, you got to get physical. Give me a hug. Kiss. Cuddles. I, I'm proud of you. Go, you go grab your 15-year-old boy. I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, baby. I'm so proud. Oh, God. Oh. 
Brad sings that. Oh, no, I love you. Physical affection. Hosea 11, 4, to them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. And I bent down to feed them. This is how God speaks about us. And now he says, would you give this to your children? I'm just, I'm telling you. Let me tell you what we're doing today. And some of you won't even know what this, I'm telling you we're doing spiritual warfare today. I'm just telling you. I know the keys come up. I, I feel such a significance and weightiness about today because I really do believe there's going to be parents today who go, oh, it's different from today. And God does not say, I want you to look back over the last 10 years, what a failure you've been. He goes, right here, right now. Today's the day of salvation. Today you can, today you can begin to turn it around. Today you can begin to make these changes today. And some of you are going, but I, I'm not even a parent yet. Today you can become a courage giver. Today you can become an encourager. Today you can begin to give your faith away to the next generation. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Somebody's, somebody's child is going to be radically different after today's talk. Because you're going to be different. God is not asking us to be perfect. He's not telling us we can never make a mistake. But, but this, be, this becomes the, the trajectory of our parenting. And I'm telling you, it'll, it'll change generations to come. Father, help us today, I pray. Help us by the help of the Holy Spirit to lead our families well. Give us the courage, give us the faith, like Moses' parents, give us the faith to see that our children are not ordinary, but they're made in the image of God. Jesus. Name every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room, you've never given your life to Christ, you've never surrendered your life to Him, you've never prayed to receive Christ as your Savior. Pray with me now, pray with me online, pray with me in correctional facilities. Right now, Jabin, I need forgiveness of sin. I need a new beginning. Pray with me. Pray with me now. Every voice raised together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. And I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Did you get something today? Any, any thing? Oh. Praise the Lord.